Hey guys, welcome. Hugo. Yeah. How are you? Excellent, eh? Yeah? Yeah, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you always get so relaxed every time you come from vacation. You're I know. Right? I was, it was a good vacation. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good. So what, what are we going to rant about today? Um, you know, I feel like everyone's on vacation at their summer home, taking advantage of the, uh, the warm weather. So I thought it would be a nice... Nice time to talk about rental properties. Well, you know what's funny? I don't... Oh, and someone's um, in trouble. Uh, If you guys heard that siren. Um, It's funny you say that because you were saying, you know, everyone's on vacation. And I'm thinking in my head, well... Maybe that's why I'm seeing a lot of investment properties. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's what I'm saying. Because like, investors are not on vacation. vacation. They're, 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 you know. They take advantage of the slower market of August and, and realize, you know what, there's probably less people. Everyone's a little bit more laid back. If you're actually trying to sell around this time, you know, you might be willing to take a little sure. bit less offers and just go with it. So a lot of investors are out there. So I thought it'd be a good time to chat about real estate investment financing. So how hard has it gotten? Like, honestly, like, remember, remember, like, three years ago, five years ago, how it was literally so simple to, you know, yeah. with with lease agreements, um, things make sense. You got now, 20% down and the property right, makes right. some rental income. You can now, buy as many now, as you want now, now, honestly, your, your guess is as good as, uh, like, as anyone. Yeah, so it's and, not easy anymore. And we do good at it because we do a lot of investment properties, but... It's, um, it's tough, right? It's a lot of education. So People still come up to us and say... Um, I don't understand. Like I, I've got 20% down. The property makes some money. Why can't I qualify? And I was like, well, there's a, a lot of other variables involved here. It's not the right. same anymore. Right. And your definition of cash flow versus the bank's definition are very different. Well, let's talk about that, right? Because you yeah. have a lease, just call it $2,000. It cash flows and maybe DCR is a 1.1. Uh, it looks good. Maybe even above that. But then on your T1 generals, you you know you deducted maybe some other maintenance expenses, some repairs, whatever the case may be. You're negative, and, and now you're negative there. You know the lenders are are not are not looking at the lease; they're looking at literally the deficit. And That's, what you think it's it's you know great and all dandy, then you get a surprise and doesn't get approved. So your ratios might be good, but because they're being so strict with what you need to have in place, I then, think that's the biggest change. Um, is the fact that it's no longer, I have two or three rental properties, here's my lease, it covers all my expenses, you can check. Correct. It's more like, what did you actually report on your T1 general? And the reality is, it's inconsistent with everybody. Some people will fully declare everything, it's nice and yep. clean, and then it legitimately yep. shows surplus, and they pay taxes on that. Right. That's like a very minor yep. amount of the population. Most people are gonna legitimately inflate certain expenses and say, yeah, I had a, a slightly higher administration expense, yep. I had a little bit of rentals, yep. and I actually showed a small shortfall, when in reality, they're actually cash flowing. What people don't realize is, Banks are asking to see your T1 generals. They're like the health of your portfolio. And if you're not, it's, if it's yeah. not looking healthy, we're going to have to take that, those shortfalls and those losses into account when qualifying you for the next property. And that's where there's a disconnect. People don't, aren't thinking about it that way. They're thinking that, they, hey, you know what? I'm trying to minimize my taxes, but I actually cash flow. I'm seeing the money going to my account every month. But that's where there's a bit of a disconnect. But so managing that is the new reality for and, us. And you're, and you're right with that. Um, but it's not even just the health of the portfolio anymore. It's also the size of your portfolio, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the other I mean, reality. that's Austin <laughs> putting pressure, in my opinion, trying to cool down the market. I don't want one person owning 20 rental properties. I it's want too them, risky. 
not just risk, but I want to control somewhat of it, you know, the, the supply and demand out there, right? If I can build fast enough, people, you know, I don't want one guy owning 19 properties. I want then you're also taking away from the, from the average time buyer that wants to buy and, you know, your sales and stuff. But, you know, it's, it's even conversations like, um, true story, I have, uh, I have four properties, three of them are rentals. One of them is a primary. The three rentals are free and clear. Mm-hmm. The primary has a small mortgage. I want to buy uh, a, possibly another property, um, and then maybe another property. And I'm, you know, conversing, and they're they're floored with the fact that after five properties, they're going to have a hard time qualifying for that sixth property. Yep. Regardless of the fact that they have three properties free and clear. You know, and, and it's it's important to understand this because they're not looking at the number of mortgages; they're looking at the number of properties. Yeah. So you know, you might be really good at building your portfolio and a very healthy portfolio to that effect. Because if you have no mortgages, your expenses are pretty much minimal. Taxes, right? Basic. Taxes. Yeah. Um, so why couldn't I qualify for a mortgage? And 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 it's it, it brings me back to the original question: Why do people invest in real estate to begin with? Right. Um, well, to build wealth, I mean, it's, in my opinion, an amazing way to, to, to build wealth. I mean, just looking is, at... Is it worth the headache, I guess is what I'm asking. Yeah, about. I think so. Right? There's a little bit more work involved than me throwing $100,000 into uh, a stock portfolio and letting it do its thing. You know, there's a lot of ups and downs. By the stocks. way, I have a penny stock for you. Yeah, you I know. <laughs> you got another one? I have another one. Turns into less than a penny stock. <laughs> um, it's a lot... It's a lot... Um, <laughs> A little bit more involved than equities, but I think people like the the reality that they have a hard asset. They can drive by it. They're like, I own this thing here. Um, it's mine. And historically, um, you know, real estate has been on an uptrend. There's going to be a yeah. small little dips here and there. But I think if you're in a good market, historically over the long term, you're going to see appreciation, and a much I, faster appreciation. I, I think in it's general. that. I think it's I think it's time horizon, really, because mm-hmm. I mean, if you know. I'm not saying you cannot invest when you're older, but you know, an 80 year old investor, it's a very different. It's, it's a different approach. Than, it's more than than of like a, a legacy. Correct. A lot of those older clients who have approached us and say, you know what, you know, I'm not going to wait for 20 years for this thing to be free and clear. I'm actually just planting the seed for my kids. Correct. I want to buy a few yeah. properties, make sure they're stabilized, leave them in my kids' names, and they'll deal with. Not, them e- not even that, but I think it's it's great to start having that conversation with people that are just bought their first home or maybe looking to upsize. A lot of people assume that they have to sell their current property. Oh yeah, that's, you know, that's it, pretty common. Right? They, yeah, they yeah, assume, yeah. I have to sell this property in order to go buy this one, yet they've realized a lot of equity. You know, just with educating yourself and understanding that you could possibly keep, keep your current property, convert that into a rental and buy a new primary, you yeah. know, which is nothing wrong with it. As long as the numbers work, if you're young down the road, that's that's your retirement plan all there. 25, 30 yeah. years from now, you have a property that's literally free paid for, free and clear. You Couple. have an asset that's worth X amount and you're getting income every single month. It's true. Right? And, and you're not really putting yourself out there trying to overextend if you plan it right. Right? Because younger people, they're also growing in their careers. So if you're finding a property right now that's cash flowing, you know you're paying down, you're you're, you know you're educated. You're in a growth income period. So. Correct. It's it just it's just it's just I think it's worth having that conversation because we, we talk all, all the time about people in the Tiger Twenty One where they have a certain percentage 
of their wealth in real estate. It's about 20, um, 30%. Right. And, of it's, their wealth and, and it never includes their primary because the primary is, you know, some people say it's an asset. I, I really don't think it is because. That's what you view. It's an asset. It just depends on how, where you want to put it in that but bucket. But it's also a necessity. So is it really an asset? Like, you know. You got to live sure. somewhere. Yeah. Right. So. I think it's important for people to, you know, kind of challenge the status quo in the sense, uh, okay, I'm going to buy a property, so I'm going to sell my current. Let Chat. Well, here's, a, here's a good approach to someone who just has the one property and is, is against real estate investing. I'd say, if you've owned your primary residence in the GTA for the last five years, that is very, very likely the highest uh, uh, percentage of your net worth. In terms sure. of where your net worth yeah, came yeah, from, yeah, because of all the appreciation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, well, why would if you can make the numbers work for yourself and you're comfortable with the math and, and the expenses and the income you're able to generate, why not perhaps branch, take some of that equity you've grown, purchase another rental property, because you're going to very likely see similar uh, results in yeah. the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. But the reality is, how many people do you know at a millennial age that are very actively saving for their retirement. A lot of people are just oh. sitting on hoping that their employer is going to be able to feed them a sure. some sort of a retirement. Sure. But what does that look like? 30 grand a year, maybe? Yeah. And you know what? You Pensions know? and benefits, they change all the time too, right? And, and that also means you're also assuming employers. you're staying with the same employer. Right. Well, that's the other thing, you know? Um, so again, going back to, you know, real estate investors, I, I think... I think people should be a little more open-minded as to, you know, should I invest in real estate or not, depending on the time horizon. But also, by also the expectations, you know, um, I'm sure you get this too, but I get, I get individuals that come and say, I want to buy 50 properties. I want to buy 20 properties. And their plan to do that is just leveraging and leveraging left, right, and center to the point where they get to those, you know, 10, 20 properties. But when they get there, now their time horizon is a lot shorter and they don't have enough time horizon to have them free and clear by the time they need it. <laughs> so, you know, and, and this is something that you brought up a, a while ago. Um, you know, it's not, and we were laughing, it's not quantity, it's quality. Yeah. Like, I think I agree with you. I, why not have two really solid or three or four? Blue chip. Uh, like Real really, 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 really good yeah. properties that will cash flow, that are marketable, that make sense, that are easy to manage, as opposed to having, you know, X amount of doors. I mean, again, we, we just, it's getting harder to finance. You also get what you pay for, though, because the reality is for you to get 10, 20, 30 properties, you know, you're not going to be able, most people aren't, aren't going to be able to buy 10, 20, $1 million properties correct. in a market like correct. Toronto correct. or Vancouver correct. or some correct. of these big cities. Yeah. You're probably going to start in a smaller market where you're getting them for two, three, four hundred $400,000. You're putting down your 20% and you're slowly leveraging it. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that at no, all. No. I just think you have to be cognizant of the fact that, you have to, again, it's not volume. You, you, right. you, you have to want to make sure the they're quality, quality You have to properties. have time, right? Yeah, I agree. It's quality properties. So, you know, also it's asset diversification. Like it, with just like any other investment, do you really want to have 10 condos or 10 townhouses yeah. all right next to each Especially other? Especially in a similar like, area. Like, like that, does it Look at Alberta. So, right. So you know? my, my question is, why aren't people really having that conversation? Why not treat your real estate portfolio like a normal portfolio? We all know that diversification is key, mm-hmm. right? Uh, to reduce the risk. Why not have, you know, start residentially if you want to be a, a big real estate investor, have two to three, maybe even four um, residential properties, maybe a, a single family, maybe a duplex, maybe a condo in the core, and, th- and then graduate to maybe small commercial, like a mixed use, or... Um, maybe that's what's missing in the marketplace, you know? 
a, um, some sort of a real estate advisor. You've got financial advisors. They're looking right. at all your equities. They're helping you package it all up. Right. They're helping you know allow for efficiencies, this sort of thing. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are approaching us, and I feel almost like a real estate advisor to them saying, well, why do you have this set up this way? Why do you right. have all these sort of assets here and there? Right. I wonder how many people are actually looking at their portfolio, thinking about where they're you know located, you know what possible risks there are in that particular market, and buying it based on that, or they're just buying based because the numbers work. I want to buy right. here because yeah. I'm making a little bit of money, and they just keep buying them. I think people need to take if you're going to be a real professional real estate investor, you need to take a high level view and understand why am I buying here? Is it just because the cash flow because I can afford it, or does this make sense long term? I think I don't think enough people are doing that because I see all kinds of wacky stuff on a regular basis that just doesn't, yeah, make, yeah. doesn't make sense. Like you were right. saying, yeah. you know, you're, if you're buying in Toronto generally a condo, it's very unlikely you're going to be cash flowing for mm-hmm. the most part. Mm-hmm. You're putting down 20%, prices are so high that, you know, I think for the most part, most people well, are going to see solid cash well. flows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, rates have gone up as well. So if you're sitting on five, six, seven, eight of those, I mean, you can start questioning why you're doing that. Right. Can you handle a hit to the market or a loss of tenants in that in that portfolio? And I don't think people well, are Well, not doing- only that, but if you're buying a condo, you know, condo fees do go up. Right, you never know. Cut fees go up generally at a higher level than inflation, <laughs> so, and at a higher level than you're able to inflate yeah. your rental income. I, I so, think yeah. you're right. You know, people look at fin- people search for financial advisors or or mortgage or financial agents, planners, mortgage broker, or financial Whatever. planners. But you know, is it a real estate planner? I mean, it, it, it's you know, you need you need someone that understands. Uh, holistically real estate you know not just the legal side not just the the real estate piece of market and location and you know vacancy rates and all the fun stuff you also need a financing guy that understands investment properties as you know just because you're a mortgage agent or a mortgage specialist doesn't mean you truly understand investment properties the, the best Same ana- with the real estate agents right the, the, <laughs> right you're right and the best analogy for that I, I use is you know you can have, you can, just because you're a doctor doesn't mean you're a neurosurgeon, <laughs> right? Exactly. So if you're going to go for, you know, some type of surgery, do you want your you have all kinds of doctors general practitioner there. or do you want, you know, the specialist? And I, and I think that's something that people really need to, to focus on. And it's not, it's, it's not easy because it's constantly evolving in, right. in all fronts from a tax point of view, from a legal point of view. Um, Rules are changing all the time. You know what? Maybe that's what we should do for for next one. Maybe we should bring a, a lawyer, real estate lawyer, and maybe an accountant that focuses on real estate as well. Let's do it. And you and know, have them rent. bring in their insight. But but ask them tough questions. Make make them. You know, yeah. <laughs> you really want me answering this? Yeah, I really want you answering this. <laughs> we'll put you on the spot. Like, <laughs> They're gonna give us their legal answers. I think let's do that. Yeah, you good? Maybe next week we'll make some calls. Let's do. We'll get some guests. All right, some sounds good. That we can connect with. All right. Thanks, guys. That's it for Thanks for listening, guys. Enjoy your warm weather while you still have it. (laughs) All right. Bye.